asking good morning and welcome to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the life of the church at home, across the street, and around the world. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert, and we are your hosts for this morning. Our scripture text for today is from 1 Corinthians 12:15, And I'll add to that a quote from the book, One Church, Many Tribes, by Richard Twiss, who is our guest for this show. 1 Corinthians 12:15. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Richard comments on this passage. Unless all the various parts that God designed to make up the whole are intact and functioning, there is dysfunction. Each and every part must be connected and engaged, or there is no possible way for the whole to function fully and according to God's design and best plan. Without our native brethren, the church only makes do. We limp along, less than we are meant to be. Richard Twiss is president of Wichoni International. Richard describes himself as a Lakota follower of Jesus. His website says, At Wachoni International, we are trying to live out our faith in Creator as a family and a community, both native traditional and biblical values. Unquote. He seeks to work with a purpose to live meaningful lives as followers of Jesus and encourage others in their journey toward healthy relationships, a genuine spiritual life, and a life well lived with God and humanity. And they say that Jesus brings power and hope for a better tomorrow. He does not bring religion, legalism, shame, oppression, or paternalism. Though sadly, Christianity often does. Our prayer is that people may live and live in abundance, spirit, soul, and body. Richard lives in Vancouver, Washington. Welcome to Church Matters, Richard. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Richard, you describe yourself as a First Nations person and a Lakota follower of Jesus the Waymaker. What essential values does Aboriginal culture share in common with the Church of Jesus Christ? Jesus, as God in the flesh, he came to make known to us the fullness of what's in God's heart in terms of how we live our life in relationship to him and to creation all around us. And so there are things about family values, environmental stewardship, uh, an awareness that the world is a supernatural place versus just a natural place. So I think one of the things that Aboriginal uh, values uh, have that can help the church is to know that the world is a place of mystery and wonder. And God can be known but not as a Western analytical way where we figure God out and put him all down on ink on a page, but Aboriginal people are really okay with ambiguity, with mystery, with wonder, and that allows God to be God. Richard, how can this sense of ambiguity, this mystery, this spirit, how can that help the dominant church today? If one believes that an infinite divine God can fully be understood rationally, then it puts us into a kind of control, and it creates a notion that God can be created in our likeness, in our image, because the knowing of God is all done on our terms. It tries to remove from God that that cloud of wonder and mystery, so that when that's peeled away, we can look at God and know God exactly how he is. But we think 
is through a set of carefully crafted propositional truth statements. That's how you know God. And that's the fallibility of Western thought. Whereas Aboriginal people are very comfortable with that mystery and ambiguity because God can be known just as real in that place of relationship as Western people seem to think that it must happen in terms of an intellectual enter, uh, exercise. So I think that's one of the ways that Aboriginal people can help the dominant culture church. In the history of Christian mission, there has been a lot of judgment that has said that abori- aspects of Aboriginal culture are, are pagan and are not appropriate for Christian worship. What do you see as the conflict between Aboriginal culture and Christianity today? I see very little conflict between Aboriginal culture and the teachings of Jesus. Where I see the conflict is in a Western view that when European people came, they had a distinct cultural model that was very ethnocentric. So when they encountered Native people and their ways, they had no historical frame of reference to understand their behaviors, which is one of the classic conflicts in cross-cultural mission is where a dominant culture will try to normalize their behavior and demonize that of another when there was a lack of understanding. So it's what Craig Storty refers to as an ethnocentric impulse. But really, Aboriginal people knew Creator. Their fundamental desire was to know God and to experience the favor and blessing of God, which is no different than a Christian. And yet for Aboriginal people, their encounter with Christianity so demonized their passion and desire to know God. Not because they didn't have an authentic desire to know the Creator, but because the missionaries couldn't understand their ways. And so fundamentally, I don't see any major conflict because what we're talking about is knowing and worshiping the Creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus makes Creator known to us. Richard, you've said that there can be no unity without diversity. Can you say more about that? In the passage you read where Paul is talking about the human body being made up of many different parts, it's very difficult for dominant cultures to not marginalize the worth and value of those other expressions, cultures, ethnicities that don't act and appear like them for a variety of reasons. But I think the whole conversation about social, cultural, diversity, multiculturalism, all that conversation really, if it can be looked at as a theological conversation, not a sociocultural one, will help us. And, and by that I mean that God in his very nature is community, in that God exists within himself as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So already we have a picture of community expressed in and through diversity. So in Revelation 7, 9, it ends, the, the, the biblical narrative ends the way it begins. Every tribe, tongue, and nation in radical diversity gathered together in worship as community. So all of creation follows that theme. When God created everything in the book of Genesis, uh, plants and animals diversity, and even humanity in diversity. 
So diversity, whether it's Aboriginal Cree or whether it's uh, Chinese immigrant or Mexican immigrant, that the diversity is a revelation, a kind of revelation of God in that God cannot be known singularly or fully through a single or monocultural expression. It's only through the many languages and many cultural uh, cultures that we can ever hope to know who God is. The church is called to minister to all peoples, and you're challenging us with the beauty and the fullness of diversity of God's creation. What are some tangible ways that you would suggest to the dominant church to work at removing barriers and building bridges among peoples? In the past year or so, I've been sort of chanting, if you will, this this little mantra, which says, I am ethnocentric, narrow-minded, with limited vision. Speaking as a native man, I am ethnocentric. As a native man in the United States context, I am an ethnocentric, narrow-minded human being with limited vision, as are all human beings. So without exception, every human being is very ethnocentric. All of us have limited vision, and we're all narrow-minded which is the normal condition for a human being. So one of the things that we have to do is first acknowledge we are that. Otherwise, we will never be able to appreciate other people in the context of who they are. So it's okay to have an ice cream prejudice. I hate spumoni and I love mocha almond fudge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I say I hate spumoni and I hate human beings that like spumoni because only crazy people would like Now I've let my cultural preference become a biblical standard by which I measure other people's value, which could be said about behaviors, which could be said about foods, clothing, fashion, music. If other people behave differently, and I only know how to interpret their behavior from what those behaviors mean to me, then I am bound by my own ethnocentrism, and I fail to value who they are, and I fail to acknowledge God in them and the way that I acknowledge God in me. And what about at a church level, Richard? What kind of example can you give us for uh, Aboriginal culture being fully embraced within the church? When I came to faith in Jesus, Jesus did not ask me to reject or abandon my sin-stained native culture, only to embrace somebody else's sin-stained culture. So if all cultures of the world are stained by sin, then they can all be cleansed. They can all be made right. But in the process, we, we have a very difficult time acknowledging that, if, that other people's life experiences can also be cleansed by the, the work of Jesus. So in the church, we have all kinds of music, depending on the tradition and the background. But when I came to faith in Jesus 30-some years ago, Electric guitars were not allowed in the church because it was worldly music. There were no drums in the church. Well, today, there's lots of different kinds of contemporary praise and worship. But if you can have Christian jazz and Christian rock and Christian blues and even Christian country western, why can't you have Christian powwow music? Is it Native American drum music? That's the only one that's non-redeemable. Or does the work of Jesus speak to every culture and every sphere of activity? So in the same way that we in the dominant culture can use music of our day, 
then why can't we allow native North American people to use their music and their worship to Jesus if that's what's most meaningful to them in their journey of faith? Richard, are there some final words, a prayer, a blessing, some words of counsel that you'd like to offer our listeners today? I think just closing with the words of Jesus, to love your neighbor as yourself. Is it possible to love God and love your neighbor, but not love yourself? Or to say it differently, if you can't love yourself, that is to be content with who God made you, then how can you allow somebody else to be who they are? So Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. Not in a qualified way, but fully to love one another with a pure heart fervently. So I would invite your listeners to not think about Aboriginal people as needy people, the drunks, those typical negative stereotypes that are so often portrayed in our media, but to think about Aboriginal people the way that passage relates that we first started with today, that we are created by God for God, for his good pleasure, and the rest of the church needs to see us the way God sees us, through a biblical lens that says that we are just as important as any other part of the body versus what I'll call a colonial lens which is a dependency model, which says that the dominant culture has everything that Native people need, and we just need to bring them up to our level so they can be normal like us. And I think the farther we move away from that colonial model, the better hope our communities have of truly experiencing the promise of Jesus to be restored in right relationship to God and man. Richard, thanks a lot for joining us in the studio this week. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. Our time is up for today. As always, we welcome your comments and your feedback on this program. You can call us at 1-866-888-6785 or email office at mennonitechurch.ca with your comments, concerns, and suggestions. In the meantime, we invite prayer and financial support for the many ministries of Mennonite Church Canada including our Native Ministries work, which is celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. There will be some special activities in honor of this celebration in Winnipeg at the People's Summit held on the campus of Canadian Mennonite University this July 8 through 10. Your gift for Mennonite Church Canada's Native Ministry can be sent to 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. Write Church Matters on the envelope. To find out more about the People's Summit, visit MennoniteChurch.ca or call 1-866-888-6785. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. You've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of each month to hear more about the many ways that church matters. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you, the face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God, wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.